Hey, welcome to another edition of Growing in Grace Together. I'm Joel Brzezinski, and with me this time, I've got the uh, president, El Presidente of Life Course Ministries. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> and the uh, author of the book, Better Off Than You Think, God's Astounding Opinion of You. Uh, with me, I've got Ralph Harris. So, Ralph, I'm glad to have you with me here today. It is great to meet you. Yeah, I've so, been getting yeah, acquainted ahead. with you on Facebook, but this is, uh, well, I hope this is better. The, the, the jury is yet out that this is going to be any better than Facebook. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I've, I, don't, I can't remember when it was, but I've known you for a year or two. I, I remember I came across, across your blog one way or another and began communicating with you there and then uh, joined up with you on Facebook, and we've got you know a ton of mutual friends as well, so it's... Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a neat ride. We joke around with each other and, and say some serious stuff too. So it's been good getting to know you for the last however long it's been. Well, and that's what I, I actually enjoy. That um, I I can be shallow as a puddle and deep as a well, and I found that with you as well. Yeah, <laughs> so I think that's the I, I like that. there and kindred spirits, and can, so to speak. Yeah, really shallow <laughs> and silly, and then deep and all in the space of about ten seconds. Yep, and you know what? I like that. I just I like the way that God has has wired us individually, uniquely, and like that. Some people are more serious, or some people are are more shallow, and I think uh, we've got a good mixture of both of that. <laughs> Sometimes people are seriously shallow as well. Seriously shallow. And I, I don't want to be that. It's a sad place to be. Yeah, unless unless that's you, and then, then it's a good place. And then then it's okay, and thank God. Yeah, right on. Well, hey, uh, yeah. so life. Life Course Ministries, uh, just to, in case people don't know who you are, or if they do know who you are, uh, lifecourse.org is where a person can find uh, the stuff about Life Course Ministries. Uh, I was just going to ask you, what is Life Course Ministries about? I mean, what what do you do there, uh, and what kind of what, do you work with people? Do you and and what would you do uh, with with that ministry? Life Course Ministries. Um it is essentially comes out of the belief that when you find Jesus himself as life, then he will set you on course for the re remainder of your life, for the, for the days ahead. So that's where the, the idea, or the name comes from. Um, that, that's everything, is finding Christ as the one who lives actually in you. And when you find him there, that sets you into a discovery mode or a hunger or a, a growing addiction to, to Christ. And um, that influences and affects the rest of what you'll do. Um, if God, I imagine that God has made you something of an addict, if I could use that term. <clears throat> well, even if I can't, I'm going to use it anyway. <laughs> and he's, he's hooked you. And uh, you just have to have him now. And I think that is one of the greatest motivators of people. I think that's how God designed us is to find him perfectly desirable, more desirable than anything. And when that happens, our, our life, um, our obedience, our behavior, our hopes are all affected by that kind of relationship with him. So that's, the, in, uh, in brief, what we're all about. And whatever we do, whether it's uh, uh, speaking at uh, conferences, I do a lot of, actually, I do... Um, uh, I do churches and conferences around the world. I'm going to Barbados here in a week and a half and, you know, Croatia and that kind of stuff. But um, I love to do small groups uh, at churches as well. But I, I love the idea of like 12 people because you can really get into things. And mm -hmm. 
questions and answers, and um, I do things uh, via video. I meet with people from Canada to uh, um, Europe and all over the world. I open up my laptop, which has a webcam. They turn on their webcam, and if it's a sizable crowd, they'll pump the signal through um, a big television or a widescreen, something or other, uh, or just a computer. And that way I can, while I'm not actually with them, it is so close to being right there. And uh, that with the same purpose. I want to encourage people in Christ, help them to live uh, with God himself in them. How do you do that? And that's what we're about. Right. So uh, would would you say that you know the type of things that you work with people – about you know identity based you know who you know who they are in Christ uh, that and and uh, you know trying to help people to understand that uh, who they are is not their behavior but you know stuff like that is that the kind of things you would do or is it more broad than that? No, I think you're you're broader than I am. <laughs> I think you know. There's something I've never heard about myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, those are new terms. But it's true. Um, you, God. Uh, Many years ago now, uh, I think it was back in 1986, um, he just stunned me. I, I had become a Christian two years previous to that, uh, to then, and um, I was growing in how to be a good Christian as well as how to be a good businessman, a, a good prospective husband, uh, a Don Juan, a great speaker, all <laughs> kinds of things. I was growing in how to become better at it. And uh, but I still had a, an underlying sense that I was just really no good unless I made something of myself. I didn't realize I had actually become anything already because of God. Uh, so I had to become something. I, I never asked the question when I was growing up, "Who am I?" I just thought, "Well, you become something. Whatever the situation, whatever the scenario I'm in, I put my best foot forward and make up something." I, I, I was a projector, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, but God stunned me actually one night by saying, in effect, or conveying to me something of the majesty of his love to me. I was undone, absolutely ruined, and I, I fell in love that night in an instant, really. He revealed it to me, and he conveyed to me also instantly that he found no fault with me. And I thought, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, how, how can you not find fault with me? And yet I, I was convinced God has a way of doing that. You know, when he reveals something to you, it comes with its own uh, convincing, if that makes sense. Right. I was absolutely convinced he believed it. And, well, if God believes that I'm incredible and great and faultless, then what if he's right? <clears throat> so all I wanted to do was uh, be with him. And uh, I would even cut classes. I was in grad school at USC. Uh, you little Hawkeye, you, you know, and uh, <laughs> we, we haven't had too much of a rivalry, so that's, it's probably good. We're all right. Um, <laughs> the artists, I guess, haven't really yeah played together that often. Just once or twice. And yeah. I, I think it came out in my favor, as I recall. Not, not oh, that yeah. I want to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. We can move on to other things anytime <laughs> you want to. <laughs> yes. So, uh, anyway, I, uh, I would cut classes. I was in grad school at the time. I'd cut classes to read my Bible and, and hang out with God. And, and I, I realized something that just wanting him um, made me work. I mm. worked. Uh, my cravings and, and uh, sinful desires and covetousness and lust and envy and all that stuff 
vanished. And I didn't know, you know, where, where did they go? It was, you know, so for years I, I had lived to uh, restrict myself or pack myself with barbed wire because I still believed yeah. I was a walking uh, bomb of some sort. Um, given the right situation, I was sure to blow up because I still thought I was evil on the inside. Um, but God instantly convinced me that he thought otherwise. And then from that year to this year, I've been catching up with it in scripture and in life that he's actually right. And it was in the Bible all, all along. I just never saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, along with that, you know, just the whole, the whole idea of what, um, of what is often, yeah, preach and, and taught in churches today it it seems to be that there's an obsession with teaching uh, you know principles for christian living teaching methods teaching how how to live the christian life and and there are a lot of people and and I was included in this bunch too who were who were out there trying to live the christian life trying to become a better person trying to do things right just trying to get this thing right you know I, i'm trying to love my wife more i'm trying to be a better husband i'm trying to be the best dad i can be and the best employee i can be and and all these things constantly finding out that we're failing and 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 something that you know, in the book better off in your in your book better off than you think that that i read i i like this um it's right there on page nine. It says we've affixed our gaze on the wrong place. Scripture tells us the the importance of shifting our assessment of people away from how they look or behave to whether they have a second birth. And and so I think it, would you say that we you know we probably believe more about ourselves based on our behavior than we believe about what the Bible actually says about us? Well, far more. Yes. And I, I have also found that, that that has continued on in the church. And um, my, I would say that my birth as a Christian was unusual um, in that God just sort of happened to me. Boom. You know, I wasn't searching, looking, reading. Uh, he just, just blew my doors off. Here you go. This is what I think. I might be right. What if I am, you know? <laughs> and um, about, well, uh couple of years later, maybe even no, less than that, um, I became the children's pastor of a, a huge church. I had no business being the children's pastor there, 350 <laughs> kids. And um, I just loved people. I loved kids. And in my church experience, it, it became clear to me that people um, had an opinion about themselves that was not nearly equal to what God thought. Mm-hmm. So he thought they were one thing, and they thought they were something else. And so their approach to him was so twisted. And then, of course, their approach to life, uh, their day-to-day, was also twisted. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And mm-hmm. I, they continually refer to themselves as rotten this, or bad that, or sinner this, or I'm so sorry. for You know, it, it, they would have confessed uh, that they were the cause of the economic meltdown if it, if it would have advanced their lives somehow. And I was I was struck by it, and um, people seem to then minister to that that thinking or capitalize on it really. And everywhere I've been in ministry now, and that's been uh, through all the various iterations of pastordom, uh, children's ministry, youth ministry, singles, senior pastor, all those things. Uh, people approach God as though He has been and continues to be reluctant to give them something. 
and that he hasn't made any change in them, but that they have to make it. Mm-hmm. And it just, oh, it, it so confounded me that m- much of my life, including being the senior pastor for uh, uh, 12, 13 years, um, went toward that one issue. What if God is right? And are you prepared to think better of yourself than you have been? Oh, man. Not, not yeah. as a self-esteem pump, but as an accuracy thing. Right, exactly. So yeah, that's what I've been doing is uh, for for years now, and and um, I would do when I was a uh, senior pastor. I would even ask the congregation before I would start my sermon something to the effect of um, what every good, perfect, faultless, and blameless Christian stand to your feet, hmm. and maybe oh half to two thirds of the congregation would would slowly rise. And the remainder who were seated would look at them like, you know, what are you talking about? What's going on here? Yeah. How can, what are you doing standing up? And um, it would dawn on people, oh, you're not talking about what we do or how we behave. You're talking about what God thinks of us. And then they would eventually get to their feet. So I would do things like that to sort of brainwash them in a good way. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of that needed, definitely. Because, you know... I think there's there all of us we 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 don't always act like the the new creation that we are we don't always be our behavior doesn't always show that what's really true of us on the inside and so uh, would you say there's a lot of confusion in the church you know people who are 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 born again they're Christians they're new creations but they have this they you know they have this sense that because they don't always act like that there's something wrong with them when really what you I think what you're saying here is that God has a totally different opinion of them than that absolutely Joel yes uh, it has it's in fact I ask God probably on a daily basis father what do you think of me and and I have suggested uh that question to probably thousands of people now that when they're in prayer, when they're, and, and I don't mean give me a parking place prayer, you know, I mean real, right. they're in. Uh, to, I've asked them, when was the last time you've asked that question? Something like, Father, what do you think of me? And I, I can tell you that fewer than probably 1% uh, of, of people I've ever asked that to have said they've even asked the question. Hmm. And then I'll ask them something to the to the effect of, well, why not? And you can imagine, I, I probably think I think you probably know what the answer is. They're they're afraid of what they'll hear. What if God? What if what if He tells them, "Gosh, you're a D minus. You know, you're mm. you're no you're no good." Well, if that's what God thinks, you're dead. That's what you are. So we don't ask. So imagine the disconnect and the frustration that 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 spawns where. He who loves us without reservation, who loves us perfectly and has made us like that, and we don't even ask him. It's an incredible thing. So, yes, I do think that is a, a plague, uh, although I, I think it's becoming less so. Um, in the last maybe eh, eight years or so, I've been seeing an awful lot of people like you and others um, popping up with this this message of, what God thinks of us, and that He's right, and that it's fantastic beyond measure. So I'm, I've been encouraged at how the frequency of, of what we've been given is uh, seems to be becoming uh, more and more prevalent. 
I'd like to kind of pick up on some of that. Would you be able to join me for uh, another program uh, if we wrap up this one and, and uh, record another another program? I'd be happy to do that. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Uh, and in the meantime, what's uh, I'd like to give our uh, listeners an opportunity to find out more about Ralph Harris and Life Course Ministries. Uh, so where what where would you send people, Ralph, if they were looking for more information about uh, about what you're doing? Well, I think you've done that. Uh, lifecourse.org is uh, the primary location. Then, of course, I'm on Facebook along with you uh, and others. Um, those are two great ways to find me. I also have a blog, but you can get that and, as well as information about my book, uh, what I do, um, where I'm located in the Rockies of Colorado, those kinds of things. Um, they can find that at lifecourse.org. Sounds great. Hey, you've got something in your book um, about the Monster Mash. I'd like to talk about that next time, too. Great. <laughs> Sounds great. interesting. Uh, so we'll be, we'll be back again uh, next time with Ralph Harris and more Growing in Grace together. Yeah.